Welcome, and thank you for listening to the SMA Flash Briefings. Hi there, I'm Price Wooldridge, a rare disorder patient myself. I enjoy reading flash briefings for SMA. Roche's experimental oral treatment, Rizdaplam, can safely and effectively halt disease progression in infants with type 1 spinal muscular atrophy, or SMA, under 7 months of age, according to top-line data from Part 2 of the Firefish trial. After one year of treatment, most of these 41 babies were alive, able to breathe and swallow, and showed clinically meaningful motor function improvements, things that don't happen in the natural history of the disease Palofontura, MD, PhD, said in an interview with SMA News Today. Fontura is global head of neuroscience and rare disease clinical development for Roche. Levi Garraway, MD, PhD, Roche's chief medical officer and head of global product development, said in a press release, quote, These results confirm the clinically meaningful efficacy of Rizdaplam in infants with an advanced and difficult-to-treat disease. Rizdaplam, developed by Roche and Genentech in collaboration with PTC Therapeutics and the SMA Foundation, is a daily liquid treatment that works by increasing the levels of the SMN protein essential for muscle health and lacking in people with SMA. As a flavored liquid, Rizdaplam can be easily administered orally or given through a feeding tube to a broad range of SMA patients in terms of age and disease severity. According to Fontura, Ease of use is one of Rizdaplam's strengths, as the therapy can be started the day after a diagnosis and that will be a key point for patients or physicians making a choice. The global two-part Phase 2-3 Firefish study is evaluating Rizdaplam in infants with type 1 SMA, a severe form enrolled at ages of 1 to 7 months. Part 1 assessed the safety of two different doses of Rizdaplam in 21 babies, median age about 7 months, and determined that the higher dose was the optimal dose for the trial's second part. Part 2 is currently evaluating this dose's safety and effectiveness in another 41 type 1 infants, who began treatment at median age of 5.3 months for two years. Its primary goal is the percentage of these babies, now toddlers, able to sit without support for at least five seconds after one year of treatment, as determined by the gross motor scale of the Bailey Scales of Infant and Toddler Development 3rd Edition, or BSID-3. This part of the scale measures both large and fine motor abilities and control. Secondary goals include measures of SMN blood levels and changes in motor function and milestones using the BSID-3, the Hammersmith Infant Neurological Examination-2, and the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia Infant Test of Neuromuscular Disorders, which also assesses motor skills in infants, uses a 64-point scale with higher scores indicating better motor function. Without treatment, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia Infant Test of Neuromuscular Disorders scores for SMA type 1 babies drop over time. Increases of at least 4 points are considered clinically meaningful. Average baseline or starting scores of untreated SMA type 1 infants ages 6 months or younger range from 20 to 22, as opposed to an average score of 50.1 in age-matched healthy babies the Neuron X Natural History Study of SMA reported. A score of 40 or greater for type 1 infants is rarely observed. Results from Firefish's first part showed that 88% of those babies given Rizdaplam at the higher dose 
selected as Part 2's optimal dose, achieved at least a four-point increase in the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia Infant Test of Neuromuscular Disorders scores, while 56% of them achieved a score of more than 40 points. No firefish patient is now being treated at the lower risdiplam dose. Fontura said, quote, All babies in Part 1 have been moved up to the therapeutic dose and we're collecting clinical data on them. Newly released Part 2 data show that the trial met its primary goal and several of its secondary goals. At the time of the analysis, patients' median age was 20.7 months, and they had been treated for a median of 15.2 months. After one year of treatment, 12 or 29% of the infants were able to sit without support for 5 seconds, meeting the trial's primary goal. 18 or 43.9% achieved upright head control. 13 or 31.7% were able to roll to the side and 2, 4.9% were able to stand with support. Fontura said, quote, These babies never sit up. The fact that you're having almost 30% of them sitting for 5 seconds unassisted after 12 months of treatment, I think that's pretty remarkable. As was seen in Part 1 at the optimal dose, Babies in Part 2, all given this dose, had a median increase of 20 points in the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia Infant Test of Neuromuscular Disorders scores, with 90% showing at least a 4-point increase and 56% achieving a score above 40, which is kind of close to normality. What a normal baby would look like, Fontura said. Notably, 93% of them were alive and 85.4% did not require ventilation or any other type of intensive support. Of the 38 babies alive at 12 months, 36, or 95%, maintained an ability to swallow and 34, or 89%, were able to be fed orally. In the natural history of type 1 SMA, untreated babies require feeding support by 12 months old and need to be placed on permanent ventilation or die at a median age of 13.5 months. Three enrolled babies died of their disease, all within the first three months of treatment. Their deaths were not considered by researchers to be related to Rizdaplam's use. Fontura emphasized there are no signs that any of these toddlers were reaching a plateau or leveling in terms of motor improvements and milestones. He said, quote, some of them faster, some of them slower, but they're all essentially gaining in motor milestones. Rizdaplam, importantly, is also continuing to show a fantastic safety profile consistent with that previously reported with no new safety concerns or Rizdaplam-related unwanted events. Fontura said, these are very sick children, so you have a lot of adverse events, problems like upper respiratory tract infections, 46.3%, pneumonias, 39%, diarrhea, 9.8%, at essentially very comparable rates as natural history. But there was really no detection of any drug-related adverse events, and that's also true over longer duration, which with safety is what you worry about. Lawrence Servais, a firefish investigator and professor of pediatric neuromuscular diseases at the Oxford Neuromuscular Center, said in the release, quote, These results are particularly encouraging given the median age of enrollment was 5.3 months, so these infants already had progressed disease. Detailed firefish part 2 data were meant to be presented at the 2020 American Academy of Neurology annual meeting, set to open April 25th in Toronto, but cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. 
Roche plans to share the results through a virtual presentation in the coming weeks. According to Fontura, China is now the eighth country where Rizdaplam is under regulatory review, with others being the US, Brazil, Chile, Indonesia, Russia, South Korea, and Taiwan. Filing of a marketing application to the European Medicines Agency is expected around mid-year. Due to the recent extension of Rizdaplam's review by the US Food and Drug Administration, a decision in the US is now expected on or before August 24th. A separate study of Rizdaplam is still enrolling eligible patients at a dozen sites in nine countries, including the US called Rainbow Fish. This trial is treating newborns up to six weeks old with a genetic diagnosis of SMA, but no evidence of symptoms. Coming up next, perspectives from SMA News Today Forum's moderator, Deanne Runge. Thanks for joining me. I'm Deanne Runge, SMA News Today Forum's moderator and vlogger. Last week, I had my Spinraza injection. Going into it, I wasn't sure what to expect since virtually everything seems to be shut down at the moment. My clinic deemed Spinraza essential, so I figured I'd go for it even though coronavirus cases are on the rise. Having been on Spinraza for over two and a half years, I feel stronger and healthier than I have in a long time and I didn't want to risk sliding backwards. Wearing my homemade mask, the transportation van arrived. The driver, not wearing a mask, strapped down my chair. I could smell he was a smoker, so I'm pretty sure my homemade mask wasn't very effective. Since traffic was super light, we arrived early. We had to go in through a different door than usual and answer the COVID screening questions. They were hesitant to let my mom, who's my caregiver, come with me because they weren't allowing extra people to appointments. But after a phone call, they allowed it. The elevator ride to get labs drawn was probably the most uncomfortable, but everyone stayed in their respective corners and were wearing masks. It was weird hollering my name and birth date to the receptionist behind the plexiglass six feet away. No chairs in the waiting room either. Thankfully, they took us back right away, and I requested the technician that's good at finding my blood. Yay, she got it on the first try. Everything else was pretty much the same. Got the zinger down to the toe for a brief second when they got close to their targeted area with the injection. Otherwise, virtually pain-free. Good to go for another four months. Have you been able to get your injections? I've heard some places require a negative COVID test prior to injection. Have you needed to do this? Share your experiences at smanewstoday.com forward slash forums. Stay safe, stay healthy, and have a good day everyone. We'll talk again soon. The information in our flash briefings and podcasts are provided for informational and educational purposes only. Be sure to tune in daily to SMA News Today for the latest news and perspectives regarding the disease. Discover more content that might be of interest to you at www.smanewstoday.com and be sure to follow us on social media and join our SMA News Today forums, a trusted SMA community ready to welcome you anytime.